I have a confession. Wait, no. We have a confession. We? Yes, you and I. What, what did I do? Uh, well, I guess we didn't do anything wrong, but um, if anything about today seems off, we actually did a recording last time during our regular recording times, and um, there was an error with everything that was going on. Um, it only picked up my mic, and it only picked up half of what, like, half of the entire duration. Um, so we probably aren't releasing that because it would just be me responding to thin air and occasionally ranting about other things. Um, but yeah, so technical difficulties, always yeah, fun. It, it happens. What did you think of, well, um, this is going to come off the cuff, but in that unreleased recording, we talked about Steely Dan. And how I really adore Steely Dan. And I think you listened to Gaucho by Steely Dan. Is that right? Yes. Only once, um, which is my bad. And it was such a passive listen. It was just kind of like... Honestly, Steely Dan kind of fits that vibe, though. Yep. They uh, went into like the category of yacht rock. Yacht (laughs) rock? Yeah, because it's like (laughs) super rich, very smooth. There is no errors ever in any of those recordings. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I remember. This was lost. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. I was just kind of sitting there listening. I'd be like, this is, this is nice. Yeah. I'm, I'm doing my homework. I'm, <laughs> I'm doing my I'm emailing a person. I'm <laughs> living my life to the fullest. And then there's just music in the background. Yeah, hey 19 playing. Yeah. Oh, man. Get back to me on this. Because I will be giving Steely Jan, Steely Jan, Steely Jan, Steely Dan, the Gaucho. Yep. Oh, I pronounced it correctly. That's no. Gaucho. Yeah. No way. First try. And um, Asia. 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 That's pretty close. Um, I'll be giving those two a try. Then I'll get back to you guys because I think Uno listen of just doing homework and emailing people isn't fair. So yeah. A- Asia's a lot of people prefer Asia to Gaucho. I'm I'm the weird one who thinks the other way around, but they're both incredible. So yeah, man, oh, I oh, I have yeah. a I have a album. I have a nostalgia listen, an oh. album that I was really into, particularly for a very odd reason. So back when I was like 12 or 13, I got grounded for something, and so I couldn't have I didn't have like my phone or anything, and I I really wanted to listen to music. Right, you a phone at 12. Uh, I think that was when I first got an iPhone 4. Yeah. Whoa. All right. We'll we'll circle back to that. All right, keep going. <laughs> and uh, so I had the iPhone 4, and mostly what I used it for was as an iPod. I listened to a lot of music on it, and it was very sad when I got grounded. I don't remember what I got grounded for because I couldn't listen to music. And so I dug through my parents' old, like, tapes because we had a t- I had, like, this portable, terrible tape player radio. And the only tape on there that was particularly good uh, was Band on the Run by Paul McCartney. And that album's sick. I don't know if you've heard it, but it's a really good Paul McCartney. It's like the only Paul McCartney album that I ever like really liked or really loved. And it's weirdly experimental for Paul McCartney. It's great. I don't know. And I've, I've listened to it ever since from from time to time and it's very very filled with nostalgia particularly like when um recently there was like the wildfires and i evacuated like my house at like two in the morning whoa (laughs) and uh (laughs) whoa this album 
I was playing it in the truck because it automatically queued <laughs> on the way back. So we're like dri- driving in this like firestorm, right? And you just have like jet, woo, woo, woo. <laughs> <laughs> like 2.30 in the morning, Paul McCartney jamming out. Whoa, what a story. Wait, the, wait. Your house was on fire? My house wasn't on... My house, thankfully, didn't burn down. But yeah, with the... We're from Oregon. There's... Everyone heard about the 2020, like, wildfires. Uh, My uh, entire town is, like, right in the center of, like, where that hit. Or I guess not in the center. It's right on the edge of, like, everything that happened there. It's kind of down the way from, like, Detroit, which Detroit completely burned down. Um yeah, it's so Scary. yeah, yeah, it was crazy. Uh, I got ash in my eye and had to go to the optometrist Whoa. to get to, like flush out my eye. Whoa! Yeah. Whoa! <laughs> what a st- oh man! I almost missed the fact that on the run wasn't there somewhere. Band on the run. Band on the run was on there. Band on. I mean, you've got even some pretty sick bass. I'm a sucker for bass because I'm a bass player, and you got some sick bass lines like Mrs. Vanderbilt. Man. That's a good track, and it has this... I mean, it's Paul McCartney, so of course it has a cool bass line, but that one's particularly good. Yeah. I had a similar kind of thing when I was going... I didn't actually like get into music until sometime high school, really. A little bit of a late bloomer, if you will. But um, uh, I kind of like had a similar thing where we had one of those really old iPods where it was you had the spinny thing, the circle. Oh, yeah. And then you could like press on it. We had one of those. We still have it. It's just not used. Um, and we had a small kind of like iHome radio thing. It was one of like the first editions. Oh, I remember yeah. those things. And, and we, you like dock yep, it. Yeah. Yep. And it's so hard to dock in perfectly yeah, because, because for it, some reason the design has it like stick so out. so infernal. And then the, at the yep. same time, it's always tilted slightly back. Yeah. So you can't oh. put it straight And you were in. always worried about like snapping it off if you take it off too yeah, quickly. Yeah, because that happened to like everyone because those they everyone only bought the cheapest variant of it because they were like, oh, I'm, I'm not going to spend money on it. So it was always terribly made with the worst plastic in existence. Yep. Yes. That, we had one of those. Iconic. I don't regret it. You know, you you kind of <laughs> no, need... No, it's a classic. You, you need things wrong with that thing I to for, remember why you love it so much. I forgot that those things existed. Those are so goofy. Oh, yeah. We had one of those, and why, on why it... Why didn't they just use a cable? It's so much better. <laughs> I couldn't tell you. Couldn't <laughs> tell you. Whole episode dedicated to issues with the original iHome. The iHome, which was I-home. absolutely not made by Apple. Oh, really? No, it was like some weird knockoff. I'm pretty sure. I don't think. No, iHome products are manufactured by iHome, not Apple. Yeah, so they were just some random company. That for some reason, because they had I in their name, everybody brought their products because they thought they were Apple products. Is that legal? Um, Apple tried to trademark I, except it got rejected because you can't trademark the letter I. That's a good point. (laughs) So, you know, it's uh, it's just kind of how it went. The more you know. I was about to make a joke about like, man, whoever made the iHome, they're they're really dumb, and then like have that a joke be about like Apple and how they're like kind of the smartest people making the like the the kind of wackiest technology. And yeah, it's and like it's, nope, nope, it's not even it's Apple. Not it, even it's Apple. literally it's probably some stupid random people. company, <laughs> some random company oh, no. that no one knows. I've just committed slander, Bryson. I'm oh. gonna have to get that out because I said the people that made the iHome are dumb. 
But everybody's probably said that, so maybe I'm okay. I mean, iHome's still up and running, apparently. They make, oh. like, Bluetooth alarm clocks. So, you know what? Maybe they aren't dumb. Maybe they're That's, good. I mean, My words mean nothing. They yeah, aren't I mean, they're, they're sold at Best Buy, it looks like, I see from here. I mean, I mean that's not terrible. That's <laughs> that's way better than I expected a company like iHome to go. We, we went from tearing down this thing to basically I, being an ad for it. I can't believe... Do you think they ever made it onto, like, the Fortune 500? <laughs> Because just riding on Apple's success with the iPod. That is hilarious. I I honestly hope so. <laughs> I wonder if you could do something like that for, like, Microsoft with, like, Windows. Like, uh, like what? glass pane. Or, I mean, you could, you? well, you could end something with Office, right, for the Office suite. But, like, oh, that's yeah. kind of weird. <laughs> PowerPoint. Microsoft. Superpoint. The problem is Microsoft is mostly software, which, yeah. like, software you can't really do the same thing with. I guess you could do Xbox and just put X in front of yeah, another and, thing. Yeah, and everyone does that. Yeah. Wow. Marketing. <laughs> Marketing is a, is, a, is a wild place that I tread on not too often, but, you know, you occasionally yeah. have to. It's kind of interesting. Anyways, my main point is, um, <laughs> on <laughs> circling way back, um, we, my parents, they never had, like, they were never super big into music. They had kind of... They kind of like came to America, kind of dragging along whatever music was chilling in South Africa, which was what we would perceive as more country-esque acoustic, like kind of, we're on a farm, we're hunting deer. We should listen to Johnny Clegg. It's, it's, it's in English for the most part. Um, it's honestly pretty good. Like that would be, that was on the iPod um, that we had, was like Johnny Clegg music. And there was this one album, um, I think it's called the heart of Africa or something, but it was kind of made around the same time. Nelson Mandela was uh, doing the things that he did. The scatterlings of Africa is one of the songs. Oh, third world child. There we go. Is the name of that album. Our, mm. Nope. It's not. <laughs> Never mind. Give me a second. As you listen to me, go click, click, click. Oh, I've made a huge mistake. It's not even an album. It's the best of Johnny Clegg. <laughs> the best of jo- oh, it's a it's compilation, a compilation yeah, album. No, There's I don't even comp- know. I haven't found out till now. <laughs> this is you wild. know, you know, compilation albums. They have this weird like thing where most of them are just devoid of any humanity, and then you have a few that are like, wow, these are really good. Yeah, like I the mean, Bob Marley I, one is yeah. like that one's great. It's it's really solid. I guess that's what they're shooting for. They're just like, hey, do you want a place where you want all the the hits in one spot? And you're like, uh, yeah, but yeah, like sure. most of the time, yeah, there's just so I don't know out of touch. They're like, oh, what got got the most plays? And then we'll just put those in order. <laughs> yeah, they're, it's like uh, I, I didn't even know this. Don't was do a that. Pick the ones that are like fan favorites and stuff too. Yeah. Okay, this one, though, as far as compilations go, I love every song on this compilation. Best of Johnny Clegg, it has, like, a cool guy who's, like, wearing a greenish shirt, and it looks like he's riding a polar bear, and there's, like, little lightning bolts, like, spurting out of the side. This look, this sounds like the most insane No, it's a cool-looking uh, a cover. It really is. Like, um... It sounds nuts. I haven't... I'm trying to find it right Maybe now. Maybe I'm describing it incorrect. It's it's like it's, <laughs> it kind of has like that kind of old like whatever we think kind of caveman drawings look like. It kind of looks like that here. Whoa! Yeah, it's pretty cool. That is a cool album. It is a cool. It sounded to me like it's just the cool. most ridiculous <laughs> thing possible. Yeah, 
I could have I could have maybe explained it a little bit better. <laughs> Actually, I don't think I could have. I'm not gonna lie to you. That's that was probably the best explanation. Yeah, the art you. style makes it interesting. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. Caveman esque kind of thing. But this is what we had on that iPod. Yeah, and we would listen to that all the time. You know how like people have like that one album that maybe their parents liked, and they just were like kind of it just got forced upon them as children. Yeah, I didn't really know how music worked. I have a friend of mine who his parents really liked the Division Bell by Pink Floyd for whatever reason. Hmm. And um, every time they would go on like beach trips or whatever, they would be listening to the Division Bell. It's like it's one of those things. Is the Division Bell good? Not really, but like. <laughs> People people have an attachment to that kind of stuff. It's it's kind of like one of those uh, nostalgia type deals. I probably have that for this. Um, I still remember how a lot of these songs go, and I and I like the ones that I remember how they go. Is this all going to be good? Probably not. But I think it's worth a listen. It is only an hour, ten minutes. Never mind. Okay, only wow, Johnny <laughs> Clegg, real songwriter. Johnny Clegg is. I've going never heard crazy. of him. I to- totally would love to check him out, though. I. I really enjoy like cultural music. Mm-hmm. It's so like interesting. It, it's just crazy how varied music can be when you just like go to a different, you know, area of, of the world, you know, <laughs> you just change geography and all of a sudden all the timbre, all everything changes. And you're like, wow, this is nuts. That reminds me on my, my trip to Mexico that I made a couple months back with a friend of mine. We were going in to visit his family there. And I was, I kept telling him like, Oh, I can't wait to like hear because kind of like whatever like the U.S. kind of paints like the classic Mexican music. Yeah, it's of, probably like, not after it all. Like kind of that like acoustic guitar guy in a sombrero and a big mustache kind of thing. Like, yeah, the um, super stereotype. Oh version. yeah, yeah. And I was like, but the thing is, is I always kind of like that music, and I was kind of always like, oh, this is cool. Like I kind of like the style and like the voices are beautiful and Spanish in itself is actually like a very beautiful language. It like sounds very appealing just to listen to. Yeah. Having understanding very little of it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And uh, so I was, I was expecting that going into Mexico. I was like, Oh, I can't wait to just be walking around and there's like people standing on the side and they're like (laughs) strumming a guitar. romanticized. Yeah. And there's like a, they, they they have the guitar case open and people just like, (laughs) put money or pesos in there <laughs> and they and they just like keep singing and like maybe one of the guys like puts down the guitar lets the rest of the band play <laughs> he goes out and he grabs this person and they just like dance for a little bit and then goes and then, back to playing and, and then their bass player faints and someone from the crowd comes oh up. oh oh yeah no and by like the end of the night after like five hours like the entire band has virtually been replaced by other people yeah. it's just an eternal symphony the same song the entire <laughs> the time <laughs> What is, oh man. Well, that's, those were my unreasonably high expectations heading into Mexico. I thought the second I stepped out of that airport, I would be greeted by that. No. Yeah. Do you know what, do you know what they had going the entire time? Like American pop music. All right. I want to, I want to hear like a specific band guess from you. Oh no. Was it, I'm trying to think of something that would be upsetting. Uh, (laughs) Was it Wonderwall by Oasis? I did not hear Wonderwall in Mexico. Wow, that's good. Yeah. Coldplay. Oh, I was right. Nothing but Coldplay. It was a generic band. All Oasis is pretty dang close. You had to admit that's oh, pretty no. dang close. I was I was afraid that you were a little too close to the answer there. I was like, there's no way. Like Bryson must have followed me on the street. <laughs> the um no, there was Coldplay the entire time. Like every radio had what? Coldplay. It was kind of I'm I'm generally Coldplay it. like the biggest band in Mexico? I'm 
I am 90% sure because what? it is the only thing I heard. And they would have like kind of the music was like whatever America was listening to 10 years ago kind of thing, which did happen to be oh, Coldplay. You know what? This reminds me exactly. I, I just went to the East Coast for the first time like a few months ago. I went Ooh. to D.C. And man, D.C., I don't know if it's the whole East Coast or if it's just D.C., their music choice is so far behind. They're like already really? eight, they're eight years behind the West Coast. I swear. Like everything. We win. It, it was so <laughs> weird. I, you know, they were playing songs from like 2014 and I was, you know, I was going around everywhere, right? I had like, I was only there for like five days, but I went absolutely everywhere I possibly could. It was like the busiest five days of my life. And yeah, yeah no, nothing like modern in the slightest. Whoa. It was so strange. Like the newest stuff we heard was from like 2015 and it was like, <laughs> is it just a bunch of Fetty Wap? Is that? <laughs> 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 no, it was just the weirdest thing in the world. I was like, why? It's the East. I mean, DC, right? It's DZ. Why are they so behind the times? I don't know. I swear I've been to like the middle of nowhere and I've just heard echoing in the distance more modern music than I heard <laughs> like in Washington, DC. Yeah. Which is so weird because nowadays, like we'll just say terrible things about whatever modern music people are listening to. Yeah, and then you look back, and then you look back at what was popular, and you're like, "Oh no, Wop, oh no!" Like, oh, what were we thinking? (laughs) Yeah, no, that'll always be the perspective, but that's kind of what it was in Mexico. Was just a whole lot of Coldplay. We were in this like very authentic kind of like restaurant, Um, maybe, yeah, Mm -hmm. where it was just kind of like open. It had kind of those like classic uh, kind of tannish walls. Oh, I love the architecture. Oh, so good. And we and the food there. By the way, this okay. I've traveled to my fair share of countries around the world. Mexico. I've been to South Africa so many times. I love the food there. But Mexico wins, and I've only been to Mexico <laughs> once. Mexico's food is wildly good. It is, it is, it's insane. Their secret lime. They put lime on everything. Lime is really good, even on like not food. That's not true. That'd be pretty funny though if they were just like, oh, we're cleaning this table. Lime. Yeah, yeah, they just squirt lime on there, but they put lime on everything. And at first, I was like, okay. And then, and then I kind of realized lime is like their equivalent to how like Americans treat like mustard or ketchup or barbecue sauce, where they're just like, oh yeah, we dip everything in sauce. (laughs) Mexico, it's like we drench, literally (laughs) take a whole lime and just (laughs) all over our food. And it's actually kind of great, yeah. Too, um, but the food there was amazing, like consistently great. There was probably one dish where I was kind of like, yeah, I was kind of like, eh, I don't know about this one. Like, and that was one that like I'd kind of already tried before. It was just, I guess, more authentic Mexican food. Yeah, but it was it was so good. Anyways, we were in this like kind of restaurant, and it's very crowded. It's also COVID times. They weren't super. They were just blasting Nickelback. They were blasting Coldplay. There was a there was a singular like kind of smallish TV that was like hung up on the wall, and it was showing replays of Coldplay concerts. <laughs> this is a true are, story. Are I have sure a witness. They, are you I sure like the government of Mexico didn't like stage this? <laughs> they were like, hmm. It's like well, it would be know. really funny if we made everyone <laughs> think that all we listen to is Coldplay. <laughs> we know this one gringo is coming down to Mexico, and we want to take away all our cool music and just replace <laughs> it with Coldplay. <laughs> that would be evil. That would be. Dude, that'd be terrifying. Oh, that's yeah. that's really weird. It's it's very weird. I didn't see, it. and I, like I one I at one point in the trip I lost it. 
I was, I was, I was in the car with the whole family. Uh, we were staying with um, his aunt and uncle, very nice people, and they had um, uh, two children, um, super nice people, like, honestly, the best hospitality I could ask for, really. And the nice thing it was, it was like the authentic experience, you know, like people travel and they're like, oh, we stay in fancy hotel of third world country. And then we go out, see third world place and we're like, ooh, third world place. And then they go back to fancy hotel. Yeah, and it's not at all. Terrible. Yeah. I hate that. It's a pet peeve. So when I went, we, we were like actually like living in the place and it was great. And like, even though their hospitality was so friendly. After everything they've done for me, just the they nicest people. Constantly played gold. I lose it. I lo- At one point, I'm sitting in the car and I was like, you know what? I'm disappointed. I said this out loud. I'm in the, I'm looking, <laughs> it's like a movie. I'm in the car, we're driving. <laughs> I think it's to get my COVID test to leave the country. I'm two days away from leaving Mexico and I'm in the car and I'm leaning against the window and I'm staring out and I'm looking at the landscape. <laughs> the trees rush across the window as I just stare out. And I'm like, you know what? I'm disappointed, guys. And they're like, what's wrong? And I'm like, I didn't hear any authentic Mexican music. I didn't hear anything of it. I was like, where's the guy with the guitar? Where's the guy singing like those romantic Spanish tunes? Where the, where'd he go? Where? Instead, we just get replaced with the generic. And I was just like, you're listening band. to music I heard ten years ago, and I hated it. I hate it now. I hated it then. Oh no, it was oh. bad. And I'm just and all I'm the saying, while all you hear is doon 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 I'm not even kidding you. How I'm like so sure that was the song playing in that moment. <laughs> the likelihood is unreasonably high that oh that is what goodness. was happening. But 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 I just say this, and my friend was like, "Yeah, they just listen to whatever like uh, Americans were listening. Like they're just oh. like listening to old American pop." And I was like, "Well, I'm disappointed." Yeah, and I go back and I stare out the window again. After everything like they did for me, and yeah. I, I betray them, <laughs> I I had unreasonably high. To be fair, I, you know, I, what could you have done, really? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I, I should have voiced my concerns earlier. You really should have. You were, you should have been like, they hey, <laughs> like, can we go like listen to cool music <laughs> instead of Coldplay? <laughs> No, we did. That was also one of the busiest trips I ever had. Like me and my friend, like we were, we were so like banking on just like let's get the experience here because he'd yeah. already been there like a number of times, um, and um, he like kind of knew what to do. We had kind of like seen the sights, and so he was like, "Oh, we got to do this." And I'm like, "I'm like, oh yeah, let's do everything that we can." There was like only one day of a break. And for those of you listening at home, I did, like, quotations. There was only, like, one day of a break where we didn't really do anything. Um, but every other day, we were, like, we're going scuba diving here. We're we're going to this marketplace here. We're going to check out these buildings here. We're going to this place here. We're going to check out whatever here. So much stuff was going on. It was just too busy, I think, to, to really get that music I was looking for. That music that probably maybe didn't super exist. I mean, it, it probably, probably does. does, but it's probably like us where we have like, you know, I'll, I'll listen to super niche artists. It's probably like that where it's, you know, it's kind of probably, you know, I don't know this for certain. Right. But it might be similar to folk music in America. Yeah, that's what I was where we have say. like American folk music. And, you know, it's still you know prospering, but it's a lot smaller than it used to be. I agree. That's kind of what I was thinking. It's like maybe like they're 
listening to like ten whatever America was listening to ten years ago, but like before that was maybe the more kind of acoustic-y style. It was less electronic, um, but it's gone now. It's gone now. I'm 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 disappointed. <laughs> Maybe, all, maybe next time you go, me. you'll go to like a cool club or something <laughs> and they'll have pretty radical music. Swimming by Mac Miller. Mac Miller was recommended to me by a friend of mine. Uh, I, 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 I think it's very good. It's, it's the first Mac, Mac Miller album or really anything of them that I'd listened to. Of course, I'd heard snippets beforehand of about just like particular pieces of music of his, kind of just a very laid back kind of feeling but it went swimmingly swimmingly oh yeah um personal favorites from that come back to earth was just oh it was like an almost instant success for me like i hopped in that's and you have this like big synth like and then it's like merry grits just like texts and then it's like whoa yeah no this this whole album is just so accessible and i mean that in the best possible way like it it immediately draws you in you're like wow i'm really interested it reminds me of um what is it with that inherent accessibility with a further depth it reminds me of like uh, to pimp a butterfly where like (sighs) right off the bat you start start with like two tracks that just draw you in right and and especially king kunta that 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 bass line is like whoa Hey, everybody's screaming Compton. I should probably be familiar with what I'm doing. Yeah, like it just draws you in immediately. And this album does the exact same thing. Oh, it's we like, have to wow. talk about Dipping Butterfly sometime. We totally should. Yeah. I've listened to that album maybe 20 That album you now. literally could talk about for like four hours. For, forever. It's genius. But this, not to draw away from Mac Miller, who is also uh, from this album alone, just great. Self Care. I think that's his most popular song. Yeah, well, that's the one that I heard like before I heard the album. Okay. I had not heard that one before, but when I heard that one, I was like, whoa, and like the transition into kind of the, the section of the song that like is like oblivion blah, 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 or, or whatever. That was good. Small Worlds is great. Conversation Part 1. I kind of feel iffy about that one. I don't remember that one, so. I hardly remember it either, but I don't have Th- it This album, it. I didn't think of in the same way that I think of some albums where I'm like, you have to listen straight through. Mm-hmm. Um there, this one's not at all. Like, I listen to just the individual songs most of the time for this album. I get that, yeah. Jet Fuel, 2009, So It Goes. Three incredible tracks, one after the other right there. So good. And then, apparently, So It Goes, that last song, is meant to, like, transition right into the next album that came out, like, two years later. Yeah. Circles, which, which circles? I also listen to. Ooh, you listened to Circles. I did. Circles is very odd. Um, Circles is odd. Yeah, I didn't personally like it as much. As okay, thank goodness. I thought I was going to be the only one because I know people love this thing, and I felt kind of, kind of all right about it. like I. It's definitely not bad, but compared to Swimming, was just like consistent. Every song had its own like kind of boom to it. Um, not in like a loud sense, but like boom is in like Circle- a striking style. Circles, I thought was a lot more ornate, right? But it lacked a sense of, um, I guess, sincerity, I think. Honestly, the swimming was just so like honest in a way. Um, whereas Circles, it feels much more catered. Um, I don't know. It's it's much more a feeling thing than anything I, I can really describe. When it comes to like that accessibility, swimming is almost 
I think it's something anybody can, can get into. That doesn't necessarily mean it's, like, good on its own right. Lingua Ignota is, like, you have to be a very specific type of person to really think that's, like, to really listen to that, you know? Yeah. It's not, like, it's not, like, an instant, like, ooh, yay, I love yeah, listening to... This is, this is great. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's kind of, like, you kind of have to dig deeper to find its worth. And I think that's why a lot of people don't dive into more experimental stuff because it's like, like, why do I even have to do that? If I don't have to do that, then I don't, which is, I think, valid. But um, I don't know. I personally have more fun with it. But Circles is almost, I think, too accessible. Like, it was almost, it it just got boring. And that's exactly what I mean, where it's, like, catered, right? It sounds like it's absolutely meant for one type of person who's just very into something that's understandable. And it doesn't have the same sincerity that swimming does. Yeah. I just think swimming was maybe maybe I kind of like the more synthy ish kind of stuff, um, but circles seem to have a lot less of that, and it also seemed to the songs kind of blended together a lot more, and it was kind of harder to tell like if a song had like its own unique standing from the rest of the other songs. And swimming, I could like each song had its own kind of natural thing, and I think circles. There's some songs like that. The first one I think is great. Complicated is good. Blue world, but then after like good news and going down for a bit, it feels kind of like the same song for a long time. Hand me downs I think is great. That one's maybe one of my favorites off of this album. Um, but it just kind of I I, I don't necessarily think that blending together is really a bad thing. Um, in terms of an album like an album that I listen to and i you know when the song ends and you like preemptively know what's what the next song is going to start with right yeah and you just think of the album in its order is like pet sounds for me which is one of my favorite albums ever yeah by the beach boys that whole album i've listened to some like straight through so many times that that's the exact order that it comes in that's just how the entire album sounds i don't think of any individual th- song mm-hmm. i think of it starting with you know doing the oh man the chimes and it's like this is how it starts you know yeah. this is how the song <laughs> starts the song of pet sounds yeah i i get that i think there's a difference between like an album giving off like a general feeling and just like songs on their own being like kind of almost undiscernible from other ones kind of like it's almost copy paste cuz i think with pet sounds that sound still has like a beginning middle and end to it almost there's kind of this flow within pet sounds of kind of uh just sound wise but it doesn't mean every song sounds the same because not every song on pet sounds they're vastly different sounding but you get like this general sound from the whole thing circles or at least some of circles it feels like i'm listening to the same song over and over again without really him trying a whole lot more or at least putting in less effort or sincerity, like you were saying, as he did into swimming, where it's like each song kind of has its own like very unique and striking thing. But that being said, that's kind of the only bad stuff. Circles is still very easy to listen to. It's still like pleasant. It was just kind of more boring. And I think compared to swimming, it's kind of lacking a little bit. But Circles is still good. I still yeah. think it's good. I just don't think it's, it's near as much good. of note. Yeah. Um, that's kind of my, my journey with Mac Miller thus far though. I saw he released a new thing, but it's like well, it's, an hour and a half. Yeah. And also it's not, you know, him really. Was it like singles that he like kind of held on to, And then they were just like, you know what? In honor of his death, let's release this to his fans. Yeah. So it's unreleased stuff that they like 
hired a producer to touch up. I don't really know like if the producer was already working with them on that. Cause in that case, it's kind of like they probably can fulfill the vision in a sort of way. But then also there's the classic thing where they just hire some random mm. super, super accessible producer to make things have as high of a commercial success as possible. And yeah. you know, that always sucks. So I don't know. I don't know. Hey, we'll you see if somebody recommends it, but until then, kind of like the two albums I've listened to of his. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's an album that like people now mention a lot that at the time didn't get enough credit because it's kind of, I don't think a lot of people really thought about it very much until after and then they realized how great it was. What do you think about the Minecraft soundtrack by C418, like volume alpha and stuff? Oh, man. It's great. It's 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 great. Yeah, it's really great. Like in a way that's, I I don't think, I don't think much electronic music has ever come close to this. What a ballsy claim, but uh, I mean, yeah, there, I mean, I'm not gonna disagree. <laughs> there's some artists that I think have like Justice and Daft Punk and stuff, but man, the C418 absolutely hit it out of the park with this. It's so memorable. Yeah, like. If you hear any, you hear like three notes from any track and you instantly recognize it. Yeah. To a point that's so odd. It's, it's really incredible. There was an argument I heard people make one time. It's like they were almost like bridging the entire success of the game Minecraft on its music rather than its gameplay. And I think the gameplay is good and everything, but, and I'm, I'm not nearly as versed on video games as I, uh, as I am on other things, but. They were kind of saying a lot of the success of Minecraft actually comes from its music more so than anything else, mainly because of how the music makes you feel in the game. Like, if the music was different in some regards and you were just playing, I think it would get, like, I think the argument was that it'd get very stale and that, like, kind of having this music that just feels very ethereal and kind of new worldy and also, like, kind of also lonesome and sad almost like adds this like mysteriousness to it like kind of like what story will you make for yourself out of this game in well, which you can do anything exactly i mean that's the whole like feeling that you get with it is a sense of you know you get a sense of clarity but at the same time it's really directionless <laughs> like the music lets you take it in its own direction right you hear a track and it could mean many different things mm -hmm. depending on what you're doing at any given moment there was, I don't have it in front of me, but Sweden. Like, like what the heck? What what was C418 on so when good? he wrote this? <laughs> because it's great. No, this dude was clearly depressed. I have no doubt. Really? Well, I don't, I didn't do research. But <laughs> it just sounds like that. Like the very lonesome, echoey piano. It feels like I'm listening to it like in a, in a ballroom where there's five people dancing. But... But all the people dancing, they know each other very well. I don't know. That's the feeling I get. I, I, know, I know that's like weird and specific, but I imagine just this ginormous ballroom intended for hundreds of people to all like party and have Cinderella-esque dances, ballroom dances in there. And there's one guy on the piano in the corner of the room and he's tinkling the keys and playing Sweden or uh, Wet Hands, or Key, or whatever, yeah. and then you have these five friends of old who are, like, 60 or whatever, and they're all just dancing together. That's the feeling I get. And there's, like, there's not words being spoken. There's just the music softly, it's, like, going on in the background. It's so expressive. 
Yeah, and at the same wild. time, it has such little, like, it's so simple, too. Yeah. Um, I mean, one of my favorite tracks is, has this one synth, and it's so glidey, right? And it just comes in out of nowhere, and you hear that synth, and it's such a simple thing, right? Like, it's probably just a straight-up square wave that he just added, you know, some some pitch, like, bends into, and it just hits. It hits different. This is a weird album in how effective it is with how little it actually uses. Um, I, I cannot express, like, how genius this album is in a way that's, like, odd because it sounds weird to say right you wouldn't expect some video game soundtrack to have such a depth of character to it but really this album stands on its own and i think like anyone who listened to it you know if they never played minecraft before listened to it straight up as it is would still think it's incredible oh yeah because because it is yes because it's that good yeah it's uh i think it's so uh, there was this is so weird to admit one time i like i teared up over a Minecraft song, I I think I, tons <laughs> of people have. That's Bro, not weird. There's there's I don't know which song it is. I've it been might, looking for it. This one, is my magnum opus. I've been looking for this song, and I don't remember which one it is. It could what? very well be Sweden. Okay, Mice on Venus is the one because it starts with this very for like a little bit, and then you have like these keys, and with each press, there's like a thud behind it, almost like the guy is like. He's, he's like, it's like he's in pain, but he has to play these notes almost like in order to survive. And there's like such like, boom, boom, boom. Like, yeah, it's almost like like a percussion instrument. It's like a thud almost. And it's, it's wild. And I think that was the one when I was like much younger and I would put it on to study and that came on. I'm like, oh, wait, why am I crying? (laughs) (laughs) I'm supposed to be doing homework, uh, writing emails. (laughs) doing the only two things you do the only two things i do in life is that writing emails and then doing a podcast (laughs) yeah yeah, it's it's a great album i wanted to talk about it because it's something that people like a lot of people agree is great but no one talks about how great it is i think you know it's it's not a thing that people talk about in music circles as much as they talk about in like gaming circles yeah it's great it's really, really a great, good. It's it, a great album. It reminds me a lot of, and this is a transition to something else, but the Undertale uh, soundtrack. Oh, I can't get well. over the cringe that is the Undertale what? fandom. Oh, the fa- okay. It's so bad. I was about to say, if you were going to say that about the music, I would have. I would no, have maybe mu- have shot The music you. is so clever, and it it's really is. just so upsetting because I can't listen to it without being like, oh. I actually know very little about the Undertale soundtrack. I've only recently played it, and I haven't. I I I don't have Instagram or the the social medias, if you will. Yeah. So I try not to really have that kind of stuff. But do people just like anyone who went to high school like during the Undertale like fandom thing? It's I can't I can't get over it. It's just everyone you know they see a piano. They immediately go over and play an Undertale song and then talk about the funny skeletons. And I can't. I stop. No, you're going to give me PTSD. Like, I'm going to have a PTSD attack. It's terrible. That game is great. Why? <laughs> Why? I know a guy who could do, like, the the Sans voice really well. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm going to try it. Good, please bear, don't. Bear with me. Uh, I think it's like, he's like, 
uh, 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 the, 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 or something like that. <laughs> this is the worst part of this podcast. I disagree strongly. Voices. Oh, man. I should stop. <laughs> yeah, it's... I like the game, though. I didn't know that, like, it got really... I know Undertale... Nope. I know Megalovania was a song that would just piss people off because of how much, like, people go... Yeah. Was that it, kind of? Oh, God, that wasn't just it, man. You don't you oh, don't oh. comprehend the, t- really the tale of Undertale and the weird fans that are just upsettingly creepy and strange. It it's to the point where it's like I you know, if you like the game, you can barely talk about the fact that you like the game without immediately being lumped in. Uh, Whoa. It, it's kind of like um Thank you for you, warning me. <laughs> you, do you know anything about Insane Clown Posse? Uh I've heard about that phrase yeah the, simply well they're the i mean they kind of get grouped into a similar category where they they have some like albums or particularly one album that's really great and then if you mention that you like it everyone's like oh <laughs> but but really like it's it's just kind of upsetting because it's like dang you want to you know i'll still say that i like it right but a lot of people won't and it's it's kind of upsetting that is weird that's like also like Radiohead fandom, you mentioned creep and you're just like Norby. Oh yeah, that'll happen. Yeah, I try my great. best not to fall into that because it's such a dumb thing to just like hate what other people love for no reason. What? There there can be an extent of reason I think, and maybe there is a decent reason with creep. I was just like it's overplayed and it's definitely like one of their least clever songs, but like. It's still a good song. <laughs> it's undeniably like a good song. It's fun to play on the drums or the guitar or whatever. The lyrics might be kind of cringe, but like it's definitely not a bad song. Yeah, but I people are still gonna go there. The under I was uh with another friend of mine who really likes Undertale, and I don't think in the weird way that you were describing, <laughs> she's just a fan of the game as a whole. Um, it is She's a, gonna name her name her firstborn child after Sans. <laughs> <laughs> this is Papyrus, <laughs> my son. Um, we were like going through the Undertale soundtrack. The in the parts of the Undertale soundtrack that I like is actually just the very the the kind of sad and like lonely, mysterious songs. I know like they're kind of fun when you're in combat and it's like. Yeah. I just get kind of bored of it eventually, but yeah, I really like the ambient tracks. Oh, they're so good, especially the first one. When you first fall into the game and you hear this, it's just like, whoa. And you don't want it to stop. And I almost never want to leave that first room <laughs> <laughs> because it just sounds so good. And then you're followed up by, I think it's home or whatever. When you're like first in the house place, I won't speak any more beyond that because please play the game. It's very good. But, um, it's just really good music. And there's like a bunch of different instruments being tried and messed around with. A lot of it is a lot more techno-y, but like you can hear like an acoustic like boom, 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 boom. I think that's how home goes at least. But um, it's just very good. It does remind me a lot of the Minecraft kind of soundtrack too. The more ambient ones, not the more techno fighting ones. But yeah, um, that's that's what that reminds me a lot about because just it just sounds really good. And yeah. both games are almost like the feeling that I get from both games can be can be very similar because Man. there's just like there's this feeling of like lost exploration situations you can get yourself in where Minecraft like 
I guess, situations like if you're on multiplayer and you're playing with, like, friends or whatever, you guys can, like, I don't know, go hunting, do whatever you want, and it's, like, kind of fun. Undertale, there's less of that freedom, but, like, the interactions you can have with the random characters, they're all very silly, it's all very clever. Yeah. Two games that I really wish I picked up when I was a lot younger rather than more recently, just because of, I feel like as a kid I would have just loved this stuff, and I was never a big gaming guy. Still, still I'm not. Um, yeah. But there are, and, and I, and I think for good reason, like people love like the Call of Duty games or whatever and stuff like that. And I just never, they lost the appeal for me very quickly. And I think it's because I picked them up when I was older and I was like, these are children games. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're like shooting. I'm so above you guys. <laughs> I'm above the, no, no, it's, they're not like kids games. I think I just like lost the appeal as this is a fun thing for me to do just because I, because I, I, you know, like that's, I don't know if this is an actual thing, but like within human lifespan, there's like a stage of development where you kind of pick up all the things like you like, you don't like. And I know you can always pick up things later, but I think like that's a major part where you're like, if I pick up a guitar, then I'm going to be like into maybe music as a whole later on down the road. I'm speaking, this is an assumption, but like I never picked up video games until yeah, I was you, like you do have a older. PhD in psychology though. So. I, I do. So I do know a lot of what <laughs> I'm talking about. Um, no, but no, that's actually like a theory I've been having lately of is like what you pick up when you're kind of what, what, wherever this developmental stage is when you're younger, whatever you pick up there kind of branches out in so much more when you're older because you had that foundation somewhere. And like I started with drums and now I'm playing, like, guitar, ukulele. I have a friend who started with piano. Now he plays, like, every instrument. <laughs> and it didn't start like that. Like, drums and guitar are very different. Yeah. And, and I but, transitioned into that because I just find more value in music. Now I'm in a podcast where we talk primarily about music. Yeah. And these are just things that came from, at one point, me being like, let me play drums because I have a crush on this one girl I want to be in a band with. <laughs> that was a lot. <laughs> <laughs> there, man, you know the... The whole thing that I find so weird with, like, the trails that we take as people, you know? Because you, like, start yeah. doing one thing, and that has such a butterfly effect, you know, when you actually oh, yeah. look That's back. That's what I'm talking about, yeah. Yeah, it's so, like, I first probably got into music in, like, sixth grade with, like, really, really really embarrassing, crappy, royalty-free music that I heard <laughs> in YouTube videos, and then I'd like listen to those. Never stooped that low. <laughs> oh, man. Middle, if you need something to be like, wow, I'm glad I'm not like that anymore. You just need to look at middle school. I guarantee almost always you're like, <laughs> oh, that's so embarrassing. But, you know, I listened to a lot of that, which is interesting. But then from there, I moved on to a lot of, you know, I moved to... Um, some of the more indie, like, uh, electronic music that was going on. I remember an artist that was particularly, like, cool uh, was Waterflame, who, like, gave a lot of his music to Geometry Dash, the game, which was... Sounds like something somebody named Waterflame would do. But, yeah. man, he was really great. Um, oh, I don't, okay. I haven't checked him out recently, but a lot of those Geometry Dash tunes are really clever. Um, they're they're pretty smart little electronic, especially for an indie producer, you know? Mm -hmm. they're, they're pretty great. 
And from there, you know, you transition. I got into Daft Punk and, you know, Daft Punk is notoriously incredible. So that's an actual band. (laughs) Yeah. Like really, really great. And, you know, from there, Justice and and a bunch of stuff. And it just slowly led into a lot of the music that I now listen to, you know, a ton. And with that, I also got into, you know, playing, playing instruments, playing bass, and that led me to meet a lot of people. Um, my girlfriend now, like one of the first things that we really talked about was a lot of music because I was so into it, um, especially when I like first met her. And w- one of the first things that I even remember doing was her family's all into playing different instruments. And my family's not at all, like none of them play instruments. So it was mm-hmm. really cool uh, going to like her house and talking to, you know, just like her parents and being like, yo, this is super interesting because yeah. we, I can talk about like, Hey, this chord going on here is really cool. And then be, they'd be like, yeah, it is. You're right. <laughs> Instead of being like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, and, and that was just really incredible. So it's strange that, you know, listening to this terrible royalty free music mm-hmm. back in like sixth grade, led to something, you know, really interesting. Gotta pay respects. So that's how I feel about film. I actually started, I think, like, in middle school. I started, like, every other middle schooler today just watching the, the, the Marvel movies or whatever. Yeah. That's how I started. I, I see The Dark Knight in seventh grade. I'm like, whoa, wait, this is actually good. Dark Knight's really good, though. I was like, no, 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 that's my point. It's <laughs> like, I've been watching these, like, dumb Marvel movies, and then, like, I watch The Dark Knight, I'm like, whoa, these can be good? Yeah. There's sim- symbolism is a thing that can be in a movie? What? You can use imagery to tell a story? What? <laughs> The villain doesn't always have to die at the end or lose or whatever. Yeah. What? The villain can be dark and interesting. What? These were all like new concepts to me. And then my my mind was blown. And so I keep like looking at these things of the Dark Knight because I think at that moment I was like, holy crap, this movie's really good. And I want to know everything about this movie. I find out the the director of the film is Christopher Nolan, who is amazing. And um, I check out his other movies. The Prestige slaps. Interstellar slaps. Memento slaps. I know The Prestige has David Bowie in it, which, you know, I think he plays Tesla, I think. Which, you know, David Bowie, anytime (laughs) he's in anything, mm, that's a good sign. It's a great sign. I'm not going to say it's, you know, perfect, but dang, (laughs) it's probably pretty good if it's got Bowie in it. Oh, yeah. If you haven't seen The Prestige yet, not only to Bryson, but also people listening, it's really good. It was my favorite movie for a little period of time, but Christopher Nolan, like, kind of opened up this whole world for me. And he's actually a more, like, kind of accessible, I won't say underground director, because he's definitely not, but, like, something that isn't Marvel or Star Wars movies. Like, you have this guy who has this arsenal of films that are all very unique and original. You have The Dark Knight, which is easily, without question, the best superhero movie ever made. I feel like there's very little dispute on that. You have, or, okay, you'll have those, like, endgame people, but, like, that doesn't count. That's dumb. Um, You have Interstellar, which is, like, the most interesting space movie since 2001. You have Memento, which is, like, very experimental in filmmaking alone and is very good and interesting and just well-paced for such a wild concept. You have The Prestige, which is just a great, very dark, gritty story, and it just works. You have, uh, what's another thing of his? That I just name all the ones that people know are popular. Um, We won't talk about Batman Begins or The Dark Knight Rises because I think he was kind of forced into those, (laughs) kind of against his will is what it seems like. Even We're going to break your kneecaps unless you make another (laughs) Batman movie. Yep. Even Tenet, 
is like I know Tenet is like newer and like I think people are like growing to it. I don't think it's the best Christopher Nolan movie, but even Tenet is pretty good. And like what it was trying to do is very interesting and um just kind of just just wild. Just like fun stuff. And this was like a cool director where it like kind of just kind of opened my eyes to like this whole new concept of film that can be good. And then I found like the top 250 IMDb page. Like, there's The Godfather. All right, we're watching The Godfathers now. There's Shawshank Redemption. We're watching that now. Shawshank Redemption. So good. Yeah, yeah. That, that movie, like, when I watched that, I, I like, walked away and was like, whoa. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I kind of went down that trail, and, like, ever since, it's always about, like, let's find a new thing that you can do with filmmaking because there's so much you can do with filmmaking. We've talked about this before, so I, yeah. won't, go, I, won't, I won't go wildly into why I, think, why I think film is, like, so powerful. Yeah. But... Um, that's definitely kind of how I feel about like that branching from one point. You know, like I might look back and still look at like whatever current dumb things Marvel's doing, and might be like, "That's that's dumb," or like, <laughs> "That's corny and a big cash grab, and nobody cares." Or people care, unfortunately. People, yeah, people Unfor- really oh, care. Don't get me started, man. <laughs> <laughs> but but I have to like pay my dues. You know, we look back at those, uh, that, that YouTube geometry dash music and be like, ew, but you also got to be like, you know what? If it weren't for, if it weren't for you, geometry dash music, I wouldn't be here today. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's really true. <laughs> like, in a, you know, it might be funny to look back, but man, if, if that's not important, I don't know what is. There's probably still a part of me, you know, that like that type of music put a pretty big influence on, yeah. you know, in a way of like how I, pick what i really like now mm-hmm. you know just just by nature you know yeah i totally get that i want i also wonder kind of like in that development phase if it even exists like how far can you push it like can you have that development age now like we're we're 18 19 20 we're not 18 we're babies we're we're <laughs> we're young adults if you will um yeah, and by the time I turn 60, all I'm going to listen to is Johnny Cash. <laughs> My greatest fear. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, like, you know, like, I wonder if, like, we're, are, are we going through this development phase? Are we picking up new things that'll branch off into things that we'll do later? Or did we miss it? Did we do all that we could butterfly-wise and, like, never br- branch out into something new? Do I don't think that's you don't I don't think, think that's accurate at all. No. Abs- for yourself or just everybody? Everybody. Really? Yeah. You t- always hear about people who get into things, you know, through college and well, well into like their 50s. Oh, yeah, you know, it's like, wow, you know, I never liked gardening, but then I picked it up when I was 57 and now I'm big into it when I'm 80. You know, that stuff yeah. happens all the time. Well, how do you not know that that's something that's a branch off of something else you might have had earlier? You know, I mean... You know, that's always possible, but that could be said for everything. That right? could be said for, yeah. Yeah, there's always, oh, I was born in America, right? Like that is the big start, right? Is where <laughs> you're born. So it's, it's impossible to say that yeah. something always has to come from something else. That's fair. No, I, I, w- I was kind of thinking that though, like how much like a certain period of our lives just kind of affects everything else and how everything else is kind of tied back to that one period. Yeah. Like a rosebud moment, if you will. Yeah. A little Citizen Kane thing right there. All that from Undertale and Minecraft. You mentioned guilty pleasure music. <gasps> oh, I did. That was last time. The, yes. <laughs> and the unreleased. And cut. I have <laughs> the absolute my top pick for it. Oh, I need to find my top pick. Oh, I already have it. All right, go ahead. 
The Stranger by Billy Joel. <laughs> what is wrong with that song? That song is amazing. No, not the song. The whole album. Oh, okay. <laughs> that song is not amazing, by the way. It's so what? easy to make fun of because it's like, it's just not clever at all. It's like, yeah. I, the only clever line is like, don't be afraid to try again, right? That That's a pretty clever line. But the entire rest of the song is like, yeah, people don't act like who they are all the time. Interesting idea, Billy Joel. And then he just repeats kind of the same thing over and over again. But he does it like with different metaphors and kind of the whole... I think it's cool. Like, I'm not going to say it's the deepest song ever written, but... Is it better than every other song on this album? No, no. Vienna is great. Don't even add <sighs> me. Vienna is fantastic. I guess it's kind of just overplayed for me, maybe. Also, scenes from an Italian restaurant, I don't mind. I think is quite good. But for some reason, the... the almost, I don't like his version of Just the Way You Are. I, I really don't. Man, no, that song Ooh. is crappy as heck, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just so sappy. And honestly, most... The, the most, Barry White version is amazing. But for some reason... Only the good die young, you know. I, I just jammed to that track, and I don't know why, because it's not very good. <laughs> this And his vocals. This is good like, guilty pleasure music. He has <laughs> such, like, whiny vocals, but man, you know. I'm not a big Billy Joel guy. I'm not either. Oh, okay, I don't know good. why All I right. like this album. <laughs> I hear people love Billy Joel, and maybe that's, like, my hot take is that I'm like. No, no, a bunch of people don't like Billy Joel. I don't, I don't like, like Billy Joel. I don't like him. But for some reason, this album, you know, I can't I help but like it. I still like that song. I like the song The Stranger because it also has, like, that cool intro. And, and mo- moving out as the the new works at the grocery <laughs> store. It doesn't sound bad, though. It doesn't sound bad. No. It sounds good. It, yeah, it's just it's just really funny. Yeah. So that's why I think that's probably my my guilty pre- pleasure album is The Stranger by Billy Joel. Oh, I don't even have an album. You know, there's some albums that I think people make fun of uh, that I listen to that I just straight up think are great. And this one I don't think is great at all. So I don't, I don't <laughs> think this one counts. Is it weird if I say Billie Eilish? Have I mentioned Billie Eilish? You have this? mentioned Billie Eilish, oh, I think. No. I think when, uh, what's it called? When We Fall Asleep, Where Where Do We Go? So that's the, that's the album name, right? I have no idea. Okay, well, <laughs> I'm not big into Billie Eilish. Yes, that is the name of the album. Um, I loved that when I was younger. I loved. I I thought it was great because it's a it's 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 fairly angsty. It's fairly just kind of like, boohoo! I'm I'm sad person, you know. <laughs> but like the classic, the classic. But I think when I was younger, I just I loved that. Because maybe it was like kind of more of like the first kind of like entire album that covered that kind of concept in a very unique way because her voice is like, I don't know what they're doing with her voice. It makes it sound really good, though. There are some songs that kind of break this that don't really work, but there's some songs where it's like with the ethereal instrumental kind of feels like you're in a euphoria episode almost. It just like sounds so good. Um, When the party's over... I, I can't even talk about these songs because they're too popular almost. Like, yeah. not in a bad sense, but it's like everybody would know what I'm talking about immediately. Yeah. It, it feels weird giving praise to something that's already, already received so much praise. Like, I couldn't really say anything more about it, which I feel like is this entire album because th- it's a good album. I think regardless, I just think, like, it's good. I like it's it. It's good. The, the song, I think, Listen Before I Go was, like, always my favorite because I think it's, like, it's a song about this girl who's contemplating... I'm, I'm guessing here, but, like, 
a girl contemplating jumping off of a building because her boyfriend broke up with her, or she's in like a, an abusive relationship with her partner and doesn't want to live anymore because of it. And even though I think Billie Eilish was like 18 or 19 when she wrote this thing, that is dark stuff. And the song is good, no matter who you're talking to. It's a greatly, it's a very well-written song. And the vocals and the, the synth instrumentals just like complete it into like this very sad, very sad song. And it like kind of ends with these like ambulances blaring in the background. And it's kind of like, whoa, it's just heavy, especially for somebody writing this at such a young age. But I think that might be as a whole, like a guilty pleasure album for me, because I'll still look at, listen back to it and I'll still be like, it's too poppy. Some of the songs like see me in a crown. I don't like that song at all. <laughs> I don't like that song at all. But some of like some of the other ones are great. Wish You Were Gay is amazing, I think. Eight is really good. Have you heard any of this? I have no? not heard okay, any. Okay, my of bad. This. I just spew I just like <laughs> throw a bunch I'm just of nodding Billie along Eilish and fandom. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Oops. I know what you mean. Oh no. Wink wink. Oh, no. I'm not going to recommend, like, Billie Eilish. Oh, that's an artist that we should really go through and listen through all her stuff so we can talk about it. I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to doing that, but um, that's kind of what I would say is more of a kind of guilty pleasure, or at least it was. Nowadays, I, I don't really fear any. Like, people can know that I listen to... What am I listening to right now? People, people can know that I've recently listened to Either Or by Elliot Smith, and I'd be like, all right. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. Dang, that's a great album. What? Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's just fantastic. I, I don't know what, what about that. Me neither. I'm trying to find something that could be embarrassing. Oh, uh, I've got another one that's that's pretty funny. I, ha- I have a innate love of 80s music for some reason which is very yeah (laughs) which is very easy to like make jokes about but i still think it's great Mm -hmm. because a lot of 80s music though it was catered to like a super poppy audience they did it in such a like cynical way yeah honestly almost every track you listen to tries to you know deliver to this poppy audience while at the same time making fun of basically all of itself and i think it's super clever um, maybe it's a little too clever for its own good. Like some of the, you know, like New Order and stuff. I don't know if you've heard New Order, but um, and like a lot of these tracks are so depressing when you listen to the lyrics. And at the same time, the instrumentals are just like booming, happy you know, stuff. Um, another track that I think of like is from Wham!, like Wham had a lot of this going on with George Michael, hey, and you know he had like uh, everything she wants, which so good. everything she wants is incredibly so good. good, and that's exactly what I'm talking about when I'm talking about like this really great, like very 80s, but at the same time so cynical, like so interesting with this introspection Wait, and everything. You might be right now, that, the more I think, because everything she wants, there's this moment. I think it's like three fourths into the song. And, like, whenever I listen to it, and this is kind of what I try to do with, like, with songs I like, they paint an image in my head almost of, like, the feeling. Kind of like what I talked about earlier with, like, the Minecraft stuff of, like, the weird ballroom thing. But there's, like, this part, three-fourths into the song, where he takes, like, kind of the same, like, hook line he did earlier, and he does it again, but he, like, kind of shouts more over it, and the instrumental goes, boom, 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 boom. And I always imagine, like, a spinning room. At that moment, okay, I'm gonna try to find it because nobody believes me. Nobody believes me. Oh my God! 
like that's exactly what I'm talking. You about. heard it. And and I spinning room. I love that <laughs> 80s sound so much. Like when they nail it right. You know, obviously it's really easy to do stuff like um like off the same album Wake Me Up Before You Go Go, <laughs> where it's just yeah. like jamming happy pop music. Yeah. But what I really love is I love when they have this super serious message and it's so contrasted heavily with the instrumental with these synthetic drums that lack so much feeling. And it's so, oh, that's so the one smart. thing I can't get into the eighties music though, is the drumming because sometimes it's just so airy or it's just too it's, like, it's extremely like, it's, it's too flashy. It's, it's eerie. And it it's like every time somebody hits like a snare, a guy does like a wah, like a little dance move. It's, and it's like, like it's like eerily unemotional. And I think it's so smart. Um, I think it works for some songs, but a uh, lot of them not really. Personally. I don't think it works for everything either, but I think some artists yeah. nailed it the same way that they do now with some, you know, mm-hmm. electronic drums. Like you can do it. You know, yeah. it's it's very much a thing that you have to lean into hard in order to do it. But if you nail it, like you really nail it because it just gives no like emotional feedback to the drums. That reminds me of another guilty pleasure song, not really album at all, but kind of the same thing about like a very just kind of simplistic, almost emotionless thing that ends up working really well because of, I guess, what it's backed up by. Really embarrassing because I know a lot of people like this song and yeah, but like "Kiss Me More" by Doja Cat. If that rings a bell at all, I know that's very popular to a lot of people. Yeah, I think I think it's her most popular song. Yeah, yeah, I can see why you don't like it. It's uh very heavily produced. Yeah, but like very yeah, heavily produced. I I think I don't even actually know why I like it as much as I do. I think the chords are actually kind of neat. It doesn't need chords, but it's like so simplistic, but it's a, it's an, I think it's an undoubtedly catchy song and I don't, and maybe like a part of me just wants to like be into whatever music people are currently listening to. And that's kind of like how I make up for it. Yeah. Which I almost never do that, but like. I'm so behind the times. I honestly feel like a 80 year old man living inside a very young person's body (laughs) when it comes to like media. Like I don't have any social Mm -hmm. media or anything. So I, I just feel very old, <laughs> especially with like TikTok and stuff. I'm like, yeah. what the heck I'm is I'm pretty this? sure this was a very big TikTok song for a bit. Um, well, of course it was. If it was giant. That's, that seems yeah. to be the trend. Billion views on Sp- or listens on Spotify, at least. My like, goodness. There's a lot. Um, but yeah, that was always kind of like, I don't know what it is. I just think it's catchy. But I like the symphoniness in the background, like. The very like repetitive but like kind of like simple lick that's just going on. It 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 sounds nice. And I, I guess like the song doesn't really have a whole lot it's saying. It's just a song about sex and there's not like really a whole lot interesting about it, but I don't know. It's kinda of gu- guilty pleasure song right there. I think it's a guilty pleasure because I can't really find a good reason to like it. Maybe that makes me stupid, right? You know, because it's think like that's a lot of that type of yeah. you know, like modern poppy music exactly because that's why like with a lot of people who just listen to that you ask them like what they like in music and they're like i don't really know it just has to be catchy yes yeah, it's, like, it's, it's that exact that. it's yeah. that exact same thing they all say the same same idea and that's just because it's innately likable to like a western ear mm-hmm. uh, yeah exactly and i think for myself when very rarely those kind of songs actually do like like Maxwell Silverhammer. I'm not going to sit here and say that it has a very deep, profound reason for being. That song sucks. 
But I really like the song because it's just this Paul McCartney. It's just once in a while. You would love Band on the Run. <laughs> you really would because it's like catchy, but like good. Hopefully. Yeah. You should check out Band <laughs> no. on the Run. But, but it's like it's rarely that kind of those like meaningless songs actually get to me. But when they do, it's like I feel terrible because I'm like, oh, I'm so inconsistent. What's wrong with me? <laughs> Maxwell Silverhammer doesn't have any deep meaning to it, but it's like, it's a song that I like for reasons I don't really know. It's just kind of a fun, silly song. Kiss Me More is just a song about sex. It's what it sounds like, at least from the multiple times I've heard it. That's Did kind you of actually I know. It's, a, it's about a Rene Descartes. Oh, philo- yes. Descartes it's Cartesian <laughs> philosophy. <laughs> it's going to be like some really deep understanding. Oh, yeah. No, there are going to be people listening that are just like, you just don't understand just don't what Doja it. Cat was going for. <laughs> when she she's said, a, she's a genius. Kiss me more. <laughs> oh, you don't. You just don't understand. It's all about globalization. That's what she's trying to tell this thing about <laughs> labor about, laws in other countries. It's about the, climate change. <laughs> oh, man. No, probably not. <laughs> Definitely not. Unless. Uh, you never know. You never we, know. We do Artist never intentions. know. You never know, unless they tell you. You know, that I think it's so funny that people that listen to a lot of music have this such innate hatred of what is popular almost always. And for some, yeah. this is so goofy. Sorry, to, this is so <laughs> goofy to me because it's like, this is what most people listen to, you know? Like, you should have an understanding of what's going on. Like, you don't have to like it, right? But you should at least, you know, try and understand what's going yeah. on with that because obviously it's important. You know, yeah. it's what most people are listening to. So it's probably a pretty big deal. Yeah. It's like rock in the, the 70s. Yeah, it's really big. And guess what? There was a lot of people in the 70s who didn't like rock yeah. because it was popular. And we look back now and we're like, a lot of great things came out of it. Yeah. You know, there, Of course, there's a lot of generic stuff in there, but like there was a lot of really good things too. So, you know, you can't just immediately dismiss something based off of that. Exactly. Yeah. And like 30 years we'll be looking back and we'll, we'll realize that kiss me more was just a fundamental piece of music that yeah. launched the future. You, you know, the one that I always think of hmm. um, when I think of like music that is not very good, but just really important. Sure. That song's so important, you know? <laughs> Took like, us in the wrong direction. So I was fi- like party music? Yeah. Like 2000s well, party crunk, music? Well, crunk, yeah. From the late 2000s. Like, that was such a such an important part of music. for, And almost no one will admit it because it's too early to admit it for a lot of people. But that was a big deal. Like, a really big deal. Like, this introduced... Yeah. A lot of entirely new ideas yeah, into just the like mainstream. House party music. It's I mean, so important, and no one will admit that it's so important. I'll admit it's important to that specific genre. No, which it's is expanded. A bad genre. It's expanded so much into the point where it's baked into just about everything else. How? How like, on earth? Like everything popular. <laughs> you have these hooks that are like coming straight off the bat, right? Like, that's an entire idea that came from this movement, right? It's a big deal. Up until then, you had, you know, like Elton John, where he'd wait like four minutes before getting to the <laughs> chorus. You know, it's such an important thing. And though you might not be able to always tell that influence, it's there. Anytime something gets that popular, it's going to have influence like that. 
unfortunately. Yeah. I but again, you're the exact person I'm talking about. I will never say that Apple Bottom Jeans was a foundational <laughs> piece of music that spurred the greatest songs of our time. I don't I don't think it spurred the greatest songs of our time, but I do think its influence probably impacted the people that did make that. And the same way that I think, you know, I heard this song, I heard all these songs from this era just played all the time on the radio. And from this experience, that's probably hardwired into my brain in order to comprehend this music. Yeah, Yeah, no, but it kind of like goes into that where it's kind of like, what if this is the stage of development? You never like, what if we make house party music five years from now? We're making house party music. Something to think about. I saw the movie, End of uh, Evangelion. We talked about my, I can't even tell if they're controversial or not, thoughts on the show, Neon Genesis Evangelion. The movie is way better. Whoa. Just way better. Yep. Yeah. I told you. Yeah. <laughs> um, my kind of though, like, what I was saying about the show, like kind of, I guess, the symbolic, the symbolic representation of what the Avas mean, what the angels mean, kind of how it's like a whole like metaphor thing for depression is kind of what I originally thought. I, I still think I kind of stand with that because it can I still definitely be I think there's correlation, but I definitely don't think that's what it actually is. You what, know? Do you, what do you think it all actually means? Well, Spoilers what it, in. What it really was was the combination of everyone's minds, right? Yeah. It was the culmination of everyone joining together. And the last episode of like the show was literally just everyone's minds all connecting together. And they all had to resolve, like, basically everything in order to do this. Yeah. And or, well, it was, like, the recognition of, like, human independency and life as worth on an individual scale rather than just on a mass scale. It's kind of like that one death is a tragedy, but, like, a thousand is a statistic or whatever. It kind of goes into, like, you, like, that's kind of how I, like, tie it in, I guess, where it's kind of each life has its own individual value. Like, if you just, like, accumulate a humanity as a whole, there's then, you know, a single human life seems to have, like, less worth. Yeah. But kind of what I was picking up from it is just kind of when Ray gave Shinji, like, the power to kind of control human instrumentality, it's up to you to recognize and choose what's best. Have all humanity being culminated into like one thing to create this powerful force and being, or do we recognize that each human has value on their own and that they have their own purpose and reason for being and that they can find their own worth in the things that they do. And he chooses that because kind of his, I guess, character development that was very poorly shown out throughout the entire show is that he needs to recognize that. And they do do it in the movie, and that's why the movie's so good because you have yeah. that you have that stellar scene where uh, Misato is like pinning him against a wall, and it's like you need to like stop being depressed for a second, <laughs> like you need to you need to be a better person, and like it's not like that, but such a good point about like kind of like you can either choose to sulk in your own self pity, or you can recognize the sadness that you have, a sadness that is real, right? The character went through terrible things. A father that didn't care, a mother who's now dead. And yeah. He is traumatized by the, the things The entire that world is like Yeah, the entire dying. world is, yeah. All these things. You have reasons to be sad. You can choose to, to sulk in self-pity, or you can actually make actions to become a better person. You can recognize your flaws, and you can work towards either utilizing them for good or just working past them altogether. Yeah. 
And it's such a, like, and the way she says it is way more powerful than however yeah. I just And said. other people are going to be there to help you, yeah. but it's still on you in exactly. order to make it through. Yeah. It's it, it's all, like, kind of a personal step that you personally have to make. Like, people will tell you to do these things. People will try to do whatever. You have to do that yourself. Yep. And it's just such a powerful speech. And then she dies. Yeah. And it's like, boah. That was the greatest mo- moment, I think, of the entire show. Yeah. And then the the ending, of course, with its, like, very bizarre kind of, like, kind of fancy, like, imagery. Amazing, by the way. The best it had ever been. It ex- It's exactly what I wanted from the show in the first place. And they finally bring it up in the movie that came out, like, years after the show ended. But it's everything I ever wanted from the show. It was just, oh, so good. Kind of that concept of, it just hit it home way better than the last two episodes. And I realized, like, the last two episodes, the way that they were presented wasn't originally how the creator wanted it to be presented. There was, like, I- issues with, like, budget, apparently, or, like, the timing that they had to put all this together. And he was like, yeah, I got to whip something up so people are interested so that when I finally have funding to make what I actually want to make, people can look back and be like, oh, which is... It makes so much sense now. Yeah, <laughs> which I guess is what he was, like, trying to accomplish. But I'm I glad think, I saw it. Yeah, the movie's really great. The movie's fantastic it's it's such a big improvement from the show it almost makes it almost makes watching the show worth it yeah no i I completely agree like i i watched them i didn't separate the show from the movie like i watched it like back to back so the way i thought of it was kind of the movie was the last episode Mm -hmm. so it's probably the best way to think about it yeah they also made the mech mech fights like genuinely incredible this time yeah they were that, really like, cool beginning like 20 minutes of just oscar just going wild on these bird people is like yeah, it's kind of sick it's so cool what was like mainly cool was just like oh, just all that stuff it made me like made me care made me care how weird is that um I'm glad I saw the movie. I had so much more energy the last episode that was, like, cut out because of technical issues where I was just going completely wild about the movie. (laughs) And now that I've, like, had an additional two weeks to sit with it, I'm still wild about the movie. I still think it's great. And I I still have that, like, energy of, like, what a redemption for the show. (laughs) The creator of the show. Like, you went from, like, one of the most controversial, bizarre, hated-on endings of almost any show I've ever heard of into just this... Awe, awe-inspiring just like ode to mental health and just filmmaking as a whole with this movie yeah which is insane and the thing is is and i think this is especially with animation is that you have so much potential with imagination because like with live action if you want to do like these weird stuff with imagery you can it's just harder because you need more special effects and, to try and you to need make a it. really high yeah. budget for some of them exactly and it's and sometimes even then it doesn't even look that good because well, it just looks corny. Well, sometimes, but you know, if you do it right, you have to be really clever. Like I think of Vertigo by Alfred Hitchcock. Vertigo slaps. Vertigo's that's, insanely that's clever. Literally top five favorite movie for me. Yeah, it's so good. And you know that it has those crazy special effects, but they're completely fine because Alfred Hitchcock was a complete genius. Yeah. So it's okay. He also made that kind of stuff so much more subtle as yeah. well. Where it's kind of like you're piecing together the mentality of this character on your own rather than the movie just being like, hey, we're telling you exactly how he's feeling in this moment. It's, Which is what I hated about the last two episodes of uh, yeah. Evangelion was but that it, they literally it, just told you what he thought. But yeah. now it's like if it's more subtle and you can actually see it like they do in the movie, like they do in Vertigo, like they do in like these other good examples you're talking about. It's like that's what impresses me. Yeah. 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 Great movie. 
And I was right. You you were eighty percent right. I was right. <laughs> that's that's point eight, Bryson. Point two, Daniel. Whoa, point eight. Where did that eight come from? Well, also, where'd my two come from? <laughs> well, because one point, right? I got oh. I got eighty percent of a oh, point. Got you. you got twenty okay. percent. Smartest podcast on the internet. Smartest podcast on. So smart that not even one of the co-hosts understand. <laughs> <laughs> bye. Oh. Oh, we have to include the bye every time. Oh no.